Thank you. Morning. I just want to know who fasted. Oh, look at you. I hope the rest of you feel guilty. Uh, anyway, uh, we had, we had, uh, there is something coming. I'll just stand here. Uh, we had, I had a lot of messages come in of people who were fasting, and I just want to say thank you and well done. And uh, I, I had some incredible stories. So the one story, I mean, I could go on a bit, but there was one story of a family in Kloof who, um, this, this person's been riddled with cancer. And uh, they fasted this week as a, as a community. And this person went in for their medical, and the cancer's gone. The doctor didn't know how to explain it. It's just, it's just incredible. It's, it's so great when you get those kind of stories. And uh, yeah, so exciting. So fast. We are fasting this week. So this last week was realignment to God. Sorry, if you knew this. Aren't you lucky? You missed out on one. But this week we are fasting in faith. We want to get faith, promises of God. And then the following week is the community fast. But um, before I dive into today, which is going to be fun, we're going to have some ladies on here. Uh, before I dive in, we have got a series coming up, and, and here's the slide for it. And I just want to know who gets this. Oh, there we go. We've got a laugh. Yes, two. Yes. Like about 10 of you. Well done, well done. There are some who are culturally relevant, the rest of you old people. Uh, uh, what I realized in life is basically you become more and more relevant to the culture around until you hit about 24-ish, and then you like taper off a little bit, and, uh, and then you have kids, and you become completely irrelevant for about six years of your life, and then your kids start singing songs that get onto radio by Taylor Swift, and then you become more and more relevant, and then you see something like this, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, which is a, so which is a line from one of her songs from the album, Antira, and a swift solution to a tailor-made life. There we go. Don't worry. We will keep you grounded and culturally relevant. Anyway, today we are wrapping up. Oh, wait. Before I go there, next week, this series, is it's for you, but it's for your mate. So uh, it is going to be on, I don't know how many of you have ever found like you just keep sabotaging your life. I don't know if anyone's ever felt like that. Like you, you just keep dating that person or you, you, you keep drawing those kind of friends around. And like you, you're like, why am I doing this to myself? And you just keep doing it again or you keep making that decision or you keep spending more than you earn. Like you just find yourself keeping doing that thing and you want to change it. This series is about that. And so it is fantastic to invite family members, friends, people at work, why don't you invite someone next, next week because the series is designed for them and for you. All right, now today, we are wrapping up 111 hours and we are talking about spiritual gifts. So if you're joining us for the first time, this series has been about how you kind of get 168 hours uh, during a week and 111 of them are out in the world. And Christianity is really filling up in God so that you can go out and pour out in the 111, being empowered in the glory of God and the presence of God like we had in worship so that you can go out and pour out to people and you can breathe in with God and breathe out with people. That's the thinking behind the series. Now, spiritual gifts is something that freaks non-Christians out. I know this because I was one. I, I know how you're feeling. Like you've 
you've survived Christian karaoke for about 30 minutes, and you're going like, phew, made it through that, hope it gets normal now. And now the oak's talking about hearing God and spiritual gifts, and you're going like, ah, where's this going? Spiritual gifts, if you're not a Christian, are probably, outside of the word and, and worship, spiritual gifts is like, when we hear God or when we experience a spiritual gift given to us, those are the moments when we as Christians just go, man, I know my life has a purpose. I know God is real. I know God is with me. Spiritual gifts are such a gift, especially in a time where the world is so chaotic and knowing what to do, when to do it, is so difficult. God gives each of us spiritual gifts. Once you become a Christian, He gives you spiritual gifts. And the spiritual gifts are to be used to serve others, but they're highly effective, and they're not just for the church. So I'm going to read a text, and then some lovely ladies are going to come in, and I'm going to demonstrate how they work. In Acts 8.26, this is a story um, that I decided to take a Bible story that could be proven, because I knew there would be some people who were dragged to church today, and you'd be like, help me. This is a story that has, it, it has captured throughout the historic scrolls in Ethiopia. So let me read it and then I'll explain. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes to the bluff, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Kandake which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip, Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Now, this is a brilliant story. The, the result of this story is that when missionaries came, started coming into Africa, when they got to Ethiopia, everybody knew the gospel. In fact, today, there are over 50 million Christians in the Ethiopian church, just so you understand the result of this story. This began a revival across Ethiopia that has just carried on year after year. It's amazing. It it's, can't be argued with. But I want to dive into the story a little bit, and then, and then these guys are going to come in. You can bring those chairs out. And so there are a few things about this story. Okay, look at them. Have a good look. Now back at me. The, the few fantastic things about the story. The first is, it mentions an angel. Now, 
angels, sometimes we think of Gabriel, and, and obviously he's there, everybody falls on the ground, we're terrified. But most of the time it says stuff like, um, be hospitable, because in being hospitable, some have entertained angels, which means that it's hard to work out that this is an angel. It looks like a person. So the first thing that happens is that Philip discerns that it's an angel. It's not just a person speaking. The second thing that happens is he gets what's called a word of knowledge, a, a, a knowledge that he couldn't otherwise have had. The dude goes, go onto the desert road south to Toti, and when you get there, no, he doesn't even say when you get there. He just says, go. I don't know if you've ever thought about these stories. Angel comes to you and says, go down there, full stop, and gone. Like, uh, I reckon he was going, was that an angel? Am I going nuts? Like, oh, what's happening? But he goes, which is phenomenal in itself. He's walking along. And the Holy Spirit says to him, which means that he's hearing God. He has, he has the voice of God. Holy Spirit says to him, go to that chariot. He gets up to the chariot, and here's the guy reading Isaiah 53, which is really a prophecy about Christ's death. Now, it can't be easier to lead a person to Jesus than through Isaiah 53. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. So he runs up to the chariot, and then he leads this man to Jesus, and then baptizes him. And later on in the story, he disappears. It is an incredible story. Now, we have two ladies who live out Philip kind of living. In fact, they're quite intimidating, but you will survive this. So, won't you put your hands together for Angie and Estelle as they come up? Now, I'm so far away. Can I sneak a little bit closer? A little bit. Ladies, it is such a privilege. You had a word of knowledge. Yes. During, just quickly give it. So after the third song when Jesse started to say that the enemy tries to attack us in worship, I had a splitting headache since worship started like a migraine. And as Jesse was speaking, the headache just left. So I know that the Lord wants to come against doubt. So if anybody is in doubt right now, close your eyes. I just want to say a quick prayer. Holy Spirit, I ask that you remove all doubt right now in Jesus' name. Come and take its place. Open up ears, open up hearts, open up minds. And any fearful thoughts be gone right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come and take its place. And your peace and your joy and your love, Lord, we will experience this morning. Amen. If you survive that, you're good. This will be easy. Okay. Estelle, just whilst you're on it, just yes. tell us a couple of stories of... God using spiritual gifts in your life? Okay, so the first one I'll talk about is tongues, because you all know I love tongues. <laughs> um, I went to a meeting la beginning of last year, and I got there actually a little bit too early. And as I put my head around the corner to see who's in the office with my customer, I saw another gentleman sitting there. So I sort of, she says, no, no, we, just the person we're waiting for, come inside. And as I came inside, she said to me, please, won't you pray for this man? So uh, this man told me his story briefly, and he said he had just had a nervous breakdown, and he'd been uh, booked off work for a month, and he was in a terrible state. So he told me that when he was young, he used to be a Christian, but then he became a Muslim. And he said, since he's become a Muslim, he feels so ashamed and so guilty that he could give up Christ to become a Muslim, that he feels he's not allowed to speak to Jesus, he can't pray to Jesus. So I said, well, I'd love to pray with you. 
And as I started praying with him, I was praying in English. And then when my English dried up, I started praying in tongues. And the moment I started to pray in tongues, he raised both his hands and the tears just rolled down his face. And I know in that moment, something lifted off him. With my uh, customer sitting here watching who's a Catholic and not even a practicing Catholic. <laughs> but uh, I know in that time, well, uh, nine months later, about ten months later, I bumped into him. And he was so excited to see me. I couldn't really remember him, but he said, remember, you prayed for me. I just want to tell you, I'm gone back to my church, and I'm so active in my church. I've joined this ministry, and I'm having a home group during the week in my home, and so on fire for Jesus. So I know that when the Holy Spirit prompts me to pray in tongues, I don't hold back because I know that it bears witness to the unbeliever. But also in that time, the Holy Spirit intercedes on his behalf to Father God, exactly what is needed for him. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to embarrass him with my customers sitting there. He just wants him to know that Jesus loves him. And I know that he moved upon him at that time and he declared his purposes and his plans for that man from that day onwards. Okay, one more. Okay, knowledge. Word of knowledge. Oh, and December we went to a party, a Christmas party, many Christmas parties. And always when we go to a party like that, you know you normally sum up who else is going to be there. And I figured out Peter and I were going to be the only two Christians there. So we always pray in the car on the way to a party like that, Lord, use us. May we be your light in the darkness. Because you don't know, you know the conversation is always like that, right? So after dinner, there was a same-sex couple there. <laughs> and after dinner, the one guy of the same-sex couple came and sat next to me. And he started asking me, yeah, yeah, what church you go to? Obviously, he realized, you know, I'm a little bit different. So in that moment, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge for him. While he's talking, I see a duck on a pond. And it's a beautiful duck, colorful duck, and the water is, is smooth. But underneath the water, the feet are going like this. So I said, Holden, I, I just want to tell you something. I see you, you're like a duck. And I tell him the whole story. And as I tell the story, his whole demeanor changed. And he said, how did you know that? I said, and I said, I didn't know that. He said, I've been going through such a terrible time in my business. So in that moment, I said to him, you know, the Lord showed me that. And he wants you to know that he loves you. And that every detail about your life matters to him. And he knows your whole childhood. He knows exactly how you got to this place, to this point, to here tonight. And he wants to reveal to you that he loves you. So, of course, he was like, wow, this is so amazing. I can't believe. Darling, 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 come. And he said his boyfriend to, or his husband to come and said, come, come. Please do the same for him. Do the same for him. And the Lord gave me a picture for him also. And, you know, his, his, uh, his picture was even more in-depth. And then there was tears. But it was amazing. You know, I'd love to tell you they both gave their lives to Jesus that night. But they didn't. I know that a seed was sown. And I know that the world is drawn to his light and to his love. They have expressed that they wanted to have dinner with us again. So there's that. <laughs> when, when you get like a picture of a duck, because it's not like the easiest word to get, yeah. do you get nervous? No. I've, uh, I feel in that moment, Lord, you, this is either you or you know what, you've got to come through. So I just thought I've just got to step out in obedience and share it, and then he will take it. So I don't know what the duck means. I just know share the duck, and then I will take over. I'll give you the interpretation. Now. Like the headache, I didn't know what the headache meant. And I said, Holy Spirit, what does it mean? And he said, it's doubt. So only after worship did I know it, it was doubt. I, in the moment, I didn't know what the headache was for. <laughs> Your faces are, are just beautiful. Some of you are like, anyway. And... You're in business, you're in a creative agency, uh, and you lean into prophetic words a lot. Just yeah, tell I me do. how this works. 
Okay, but just to confirm with Estelle, I was sitting next to her for a split second. I did start getting a massive headache, and I was like, I'm not having this. Go. <laughs> In Jesus' name. So she ministered, and you told her to go. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, I'm in business. I've had my own design agency for just over 10 years and stuff. It's been, as you all know, if you are in business, it's up and down and all around. However, I have um, a prophetic gift and it has come in very useful in business, as crazy as that may sound. So a couple of years ago, I think it was 2019, you know, after COVID, everything's a bit of a blur. But um, I was working very hard at the time, and I remember laying absolutely exhausted on a Saturday afternoon, just dead tired on the couch outside. And um, the presence of God actually just fell on me, and I could feel his presence very, very strongly of the Holy Spirit. And it was like I heard the audible voice of God say to me, go and go and look for property in Florida Road. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> not really, that's not on my agenda. But anyway, I heard it again. I was so touched and convinced that it was God. I got up immediately, went and got my laptop, and I Googled um, offices for sale in Florida Road. And immediately a property came up onto the screen. I looked at it. I thought, oh, I do like it. Um, and then I decided to contact the state agent who got back to me quickly and arranged a showing for the Monday. Between that moment and <laughs> going to see the property, uh, obviously I did what every good Christian businesswoman does or person and decided to do my homework and look for other properties and rentals, et cetera, in Florida Road, and realized very quickly I couldn't afford the rents, the property is way too expensive, et cetera. Anyway, went and saw the property on the Monday, loved it, was perfect in every way. Um, still had a couple of doubts, because I then contacted my accountant who said, forget about it, you can't afford it, um, the bank will not give you a bond, you're a small business, they're just not dishing out money, it's not going to happen, and um, yeah, was basically told by everyone it's not going to happen. On the Wednesday, I put in an offer, the guy accepted, it was lower obviously than what he was asking, was also told he'll never accept it, but he wanted to go back to Joburg, and then on the Friday... I actually got the bond, or the business got the bond. It was within one week. It was so quick, my head was spinning. But that is how quickly God can work when he gives you a prophetic word. Um, and I, I, st I stood on that word, even though everyone was telling me no. Um, it was also impossible because the previous year, my business partner stepped out, and I had to pay her out. So money was... <laughs> very tight, and there wasn't much cash, cash flow at that time. And, and you've got a, because um, I remember I was part of this journey, and it was unaffordable, so, so it, was, it was remarkable, but <clears throat> you have a faith, uh, I don't know how to 
say this other than, like, you expect God the whole time to do something. Just tell us how you stay in that space. Okay, I'll tell you. I actually had to write this down because once Ross asked me, I was like, phew, how do I? Um, obviously, it's, it's Holy Spirit. So one of the things I do do is I practice gratitude. And recently, I've been doing that a lot. I know, like, church talks about it. But from the smallest thing, I pr- try to take time out every day and just sit in gratitude about the smallest thing. I mean, sometimes it's as silly as I shared with Ross. I actually, Lord, I thank you for the leaves on the trees because they provide shade. But what happens in that moment is my heart gets very soft and tender, Mm. and it opens up to the possibilities of what God can bring to me in that day. Um, Then I've got a scripture And I've stood on the scripture for many, many years. I'm going to actually share it and read it because I believe people in the room, when you read the scripture and you go home, go and meditate on the scripture. So it's from Ephesians 3 verse 20 to 21. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers hopes or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And I live by that scripture. Every day I say, honestly, I speak to God and I say, I'm expecting more and I'm expecting good things. So cool. Okay, I'm trying to make this practical. I know for some this is a stretch, but Stay in, because God will speak. Okay, so we've done, a word, we've done tongues. Your second was word and knowledge. Then we've done prophecy. Give Oops. us another one. Prophetic word. Um, I've got a friend who's got a business in medical supply, big business in medical supply. And about three, four years ago, there was a bad accusation made against his product. But it was so big, and it was, uh, it, it, he's a quite a pro- his business is quite prominent to our government, uh, whatever. It was so big that it made the TV. It made the TV the evening news for a whole weekend. And he was actually away at the time on holiday. And it was like a bomb exploded over his head. And he said, please, guys, he phoned us and said, please, can you just pray? Pray. Like He didn't even know how to come back from this or how to defend himself or or what to do in that moment. And uh, I felt the Lord tell me to say to him, whatever the enemy is robbing, is taken from you, I will restore unto you tenfold. So I told him that word, and uh, he held on to it. And in the weeks to come there afterwards, it didn't get better immediately. He actually lost his business partner. Um, But soon thereafter, maybe a year or so thereafter, American, big American company got wind of him. And out of the blue, you would imagine, like, why would they be interested in him? They approached him and said, we want to buy into your business. And he says, yes, that will be amazing. And in January, we spoke to him, and he said... In fact, indeed, his business is now exactly 10 times bigger than what it was then. It's now worth 10 times bigger than what it was then. So God is true to his word, and he will fulfill it. And that is the purpose of a prophetic word, is to lift you up, to build you up, to give you new hope. And, yeah. So good. Okay, last, last one. And uh, distinguishing of spirits, discernment. Um, lots of people are just skeptical, and they think that their skepticism is discernment, and it's not. Yeah. Discernment <clears throat> is telling 
a spirit. Speak to us about that, especially in business. Okay. So, yeah, this is also a gift that I have, discerning of spirits, and it's not meant to uh, <laughs> scare anyone, you know, let me know all your secrets, etc. But what happens is very often I go into business meetings and um, it's not always easy. And what I actually do in the meeting, or even with my staff, when I know they're going to go into difficult meetings, so I don't have a fully, it's not like a Christian business, just so you all know. There's believers and unbelievers in my business. I will pray for them before they go. And when they're at the meeting, I'll also pray. But if I'm also in the meeting, I often I'll find myself praying in tongues just quietly under my breath. And if things are not smooth or there's a lot of resistance to stuff, I will ask God to reveal to me what is this demonic spirit working in the room through people or through a person. Um, often it's fear and intimidation and, ooh, and control. And those three often work together and you find business is quite difficult in those circumstances. But what I do then is I pray against that spirit, and then I release love and blessing over the people in the room, because God says we must pray for our enemies, and what that often does is it shifts an atmosphere, now I, am, I do have a testimony about this, I had a lot of resistance from, well, someone we worked with for over 10 years, and every meeting was just a, an absolute struggle, and yet every meeting we went into, I did this. And it's taken, I would say, almost eight, it took almost eight years. During COVID, this finally shifted. And what happened was, because I'd been persistent and patient, I hadn't given up, um, and along with God, he actually left, and he got a better, better position than what he had initially, and he is just flying in his, his new position, and someone is person who's replaced him is actually a wonderful man who just loves and adores my agency. And so it was almost like I had to go through that process, which took really long. And then before God actually shifted it to bring someone in who would work alongside us. Yeah. Okay. We, we have like one minute. Um, last principle or thought? Last principle of thought. Go. Listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. He is speaking, and he sounds just like the word of God. So get into the word. He will remind you of the scripture. He'll bring it to your remembrance. And the Holy Spirit doesn't operate independently from God's word. He operates with God's word together with the word of God. So get into the word so you can recognize his voice. Jesus says, my sheep will know my voice. And the way you'll know the voice of the Holy Spirit is the voice of Jesus. It's the word of God. Okay, so mine is about identity. What I found was when I first um, gave my life to Jesus as an adult, oh, my identity was on the floor. I was the shyest person in the room. Like I said to Ross, I was the church mouse. I would, I would have anxiety for weeks if I had to speak to people. Um, and so what happened in my personal journey was that God worked on my identity massively, and I allowed him to. And it was step by step, and it, it took a while. 
if I got words, if I got scriptures, if I got, um, you know, a sense of things in the spirit, I initially wouldn't share them. I was way too shy. But as God worked on my identity, he gave me the boldness and confidence to just share what he's shown me to people, and it doesn't bother me. So he removed fear of man completely from my life. Um, I will just step out in obedience now and go with whatever God is saying and not worry about if someone's going to like it, not like it. Yeah, and that was massive. So if God wants to work on your identity, do that. <laughs> Guys, won't you put your hands together for these lovely ladies? Thank you. Friends, I, I probably wouldn't have survived certain seasons of my life without God giving me a gift of faith. Every now and again, my faith is so extraordinary that I don't understand it. It's just a gift. It carries me through stuff. The thing God promises is that he will give you gifts to match seasons. You will be given gifts to match moments. He has gifts for you. And uh, I would say this even if you're not a Christian in the room today. Just say, hey, God, if you're real, try one of those out on me. And just watch what he does. Because we have a heavenly father who wants to give good gifts to his children that will help you deal with life. But he gives <clears throat> an ultimate gift. And that's not these little gifts. It's his son come to save you with a sacrifice on the cross. And if you haven't asked his son into your life, today, why don't you start with the big gift? This man on a cross who died for your sin. Because all the other gifts only flow out of this gift. So should we, should we stand and bow our heads? Is that cool? And if you haven't asked for the big gift, let's start there. So if that's you, can everyone just bow your heads, make this a private moment. If, if that's you and you just want to say, today's the day I want to ask Jesus into my life. Why don't you just put your hand up quickly so that I can see. Cool. See that one person? See your hand, two people. Cool. Let's pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my son. Thank you for your big gift. Thank you that because of that gift, I can receive your goodness into my heart and I can receive all the other gifts. Please give me gifts that I can build your kingdom and live as a light in this world. Now for the rest of us, let's just pray this. Lord Jesus, please give us spiritual gifts for this week as we go out to speak to people and engage in our 111 hours to make a difference. We ask for your gifts. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. May God bless you. Join us for coffee. Lovely being with you.